0: They use bad language and mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother f- that loses every god game. <laughs> That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> get rid of him. Wow. <laughs> bros, come on, I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me savior! This from 45, and that one is blocked. Wow. So Chris it. two of his first three field goal attempts in the NFL are blocked. I'm not angry. Just give me the ball.
3: There's going to be a lot more days like that ahead, aren't there? Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Bob Matthews podcast live from the DraftKings.com studios on the Virginia side of the Potomac. We're delighted to have you with us. Well, the bye week is here. And it's ugly. It is ugly. We're going to hear from Ron Rivera in just a few minutes, and then we are going to preview caps and lightning tonight, Monday night, as you perhaps listen to this podcast down in Florida. Also, don't forget to join us on YouTube. I'm Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel after tonight's game, and we'll have your five takeaways for us. First, though, let's talk a little football. I'm not going to lie to you. It's bad. It's really, really bad, and it's not getting better. I wrote this uh, in my postgame wrap-up on SportsJourney.com on Sunday night. Go check it out if you'd like. But if you're looking for this to get better anytime soon, it's not. That's I, I, You can't sugarcoat it anymore. Um, all the Ashburn syndrome in the world can't hide the fact that this is just not a good team, and it's not going to get better anytime soon. I think we've seen who Taylor Heineke is, and he is a guy that's got the heart of a lion, but he doesn't have the arm of one. He's, he can't make the throws on a consistent basis as a starting quarterback. He just doesn't have the arm strength. And that's a shame because he's a gamer, and he's never going to quit. And he'll go out there and he'll give you everything, every play, every week. Unfortunately, the problem is it's just not enough. It's just not. And this team's not going to get any better until he gets a franchise quarterback. Taylor Heineke is not that franchise quarterback. Should they make a move to Kyle Allen? I, You know, I don't know. Uh, I If it's not going to help, what's the point? Uh, unless you think that. It'll give you some sort of a sugar high for a couple of weeks and maybe win a couple of games for you. But I'll tell you, this is bad. This is really, really bad. And after the buy, not only are is Washington two and six now, but the Burgundy Golds looking at two and seven after the buy because we all know what happens then. Tom Brady comes to town. There are some good players on this roster, but. You know, the whole sum is uh, greater, whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Uh, That doesn't apply in this case. And it's probably because they don't have a franchise starting quarterback. And that is not a good place to be in the NFC right now, where you got eight, possibly nine teams with franchise quarterbacks and another couple who the jury's still out on because they were high draft picks that are still developing. One of the things that I think has kind of haunted this team since Dan Snyder bought it, and I lay most of this at at his feet, is the fact that he grew up a fan of the Washington Redskins back in the 70s and the 80s. That's where his fandom was cemented. That was his point of reference from an early age. And the problem is it's never evolved beyond that the then Washington Redskins won 3 quarter 3 Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks none of whom i don't think you would ever consider great certainly good certainly Doug Williams was talented as hell and was you know was is a historical figure but in terms of on-field accomplishments so so in fact, was a backup quarterback until Jay Schrader got hurt that year. Joe Theismann was a good quarterback. He was not a, a great quarterback of his generation. And neither was Mark Rippon. Mark Rippon won an MVP award in 1991 because the Redskins had maybe one of the best teams in NFL history that particular year. But he was he was done as a starter about two years after that and was out of the league about three or four. And Dan Snyder has never moved past thinking that he's still back in the 1980s or early 90s with this team. And you see it everywhere from lack of a franchise quarterback to the game day experience at FedEx Field. The, the game has moved beyond what you know his, his expertise, his mental acuity is, whatever you want to call it. And this franchise has never caught up. And I'm really beginning to believe that until Snyder sells the team, I have a hard time seeing it ever becoming a consistent winner. I I think it's too much even for Ron Rivera, who I think is a good guy. Uh, Clearly well-respected in the league, but I just think that it's too much. It's just too much for any one person. And unless snyder is forced out i just i I don't see it changing on a consistent basis yeah maybe once every four or five years but not consistently we'll have to see what happens at the end of this week with the congressional subpoenas if any are issued in this email case and for those of you who are you know who have been for years lighting candles in the hopes that snyder would be forced to sell the team i'm not betting on it yet but if anything is going to make it happen, it would be Congress getting involved. Because the last thing the NFL wants is Congress looking at its business. Why, you ask? Well, because of the the limited antitrust exception that the league enjoys. Um, you start messing with that, they'll turn on him pretty fast. But less and until that happens, unfortunately, I think he's safe. We'll see. You know, we'll see. Right now, this team has a lot of problems. Uh, You've got injuries on offense. Looks like Chase Rouye may very well be done for the year. Eric Flowers was banged up as well. They're hoping to get Brandon Sheriff back after the break, as well as Curtis Samuel and Deami Brown. They need them. Uh, This is, what, yet, you know, second week in a row when the offense has made trips into the red zone and has come away with little or no points. And that doesn't even get into the kicking situation, which we will, Ruth Rivera, in just a few minutes. it's It's not getting any better anytime soon. Um, I think our good friend JP. Finley on on Monday was referring to it as Sucksville, uh, which is pretty apt. I, I would say that I think that the franchise, much as I hate to admit it, has entered into New York Jets territory when it comes to franchise futility. And if they're not careful, they'll be on the road to Detroit Lion to the Detroit Lions neighborhood. Well, that's where this is at now. That is where this is at. It's uh, you know, it's a team that's going nowhere fast that we vastly overrated, courtesy of Ashburn syndrome coming into the year. We did it again. All right, but the here and now and the present is the post mortem on the Denver game so let's go out to Ashburn and let's hear from the head coach himself might as well start with the question that's on everybody's mind and that is quarterback Taylor Heineke and it was the first question out of the gate too We well, asked Ron um is Taylor Heineke still the starting quarterback today and will he be the starting quarterback after the bye
2: yeah I think we um Based on a lot of things that he's done the last few weeks, yeah. I think that um, he's been productive for the most part. Uh, the one area we've got to get better on, obviously, and it's it's, it's it's kind of stood out the last few weeks, is we've got to be better in the Red zone. I mean, again, we've got to come down and, and, and when we get chances to make plays down there. We've got to make those plays. Uh,
3: that would definitely help. Uh, and Rivera acknowledged that it's, you know, between the 20s, they're absolutely fine. It's getting into the red zone that they have
2: got to be better. I think the thing is, 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 is we, we are moving the ball. Okay. Between the twenties, let's, you know, that, that, that's, that we've done, but it's that red zone. We've got to, We've got to get, we got to get corrected. And there's some things that we'll look at. We'll evaluate everything from, you know, the quarterback reads to, to the protections, to the runs, to, uh, to the, uh, to the, to the route combination. I mean, those are all things that we have to take a, a, a nice, hard, long look at, mostly because you know, at, at the end of the day, I think about the last three games. Can can you know sit there and say, man, if we had scored in the red zone, we could be talking about something different. Uh, but we can't, and and that's the truth of the matter. We are we are what we are right now. Um, but I, I, I'm not disappointed in 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 the yardage production. Obviously, I'm disappointed though that we haven't put we haven't put more points on the board because I think we are capable of it. Um, Will it help to get Logan back? Will it help to have Curtis on the field? Um, will it help with Diami the back there? Um, you know, do I like what we're getting from the running backs? Well, I like what we're getting from the running backs. You know, we we, we run hard. The guys create things when they get the ball in their hands in space. Um, can Curtis be explosive? Absolutely. But, again, we don't know. And, and getting Logan back, how does that help us in the red zone? Yes. Uh, those are all questions that we're going we're gonna to have answers for as, as we get out of this week and get into next week.
3: And time will tell if, you know, we'll we'll see exactly how much not having those guys did hamper them in the red zone. Of course, the other big question, a lot of us didn't think that uh, kicker Chris Blewett would even be allowed on the team plane. Maybe they, um, a lot of people thought maybe he was going to have to find his own way back to D.C. after having not one but two field goals blocked in that game. And, you know, call it what you will. I mean, that was the difference in the game. It really was. Had he made those two field goals, you would have been looking at a situation where Washington would have had, what, about a 35-yarder, maybe a 40-yarder to uh, take the lead with less than two minutes left in the game. This team isn't good enough to overcome mistakes like that, to overcome mistakes of not one, but two block kicks, to overcome mistakes of Bobby McCain dropping a sure interception. They can't do that. They don't have that kind of margin for error. Uh, but here's Ron talking about uh, Chris Blewett, who, as of the recording of this podcast, is still Washington's kicker.
2: I would say on the uh, on the first one, he hit it uh, He hit a little bit too high in the middle of the ball and hit a low one. Uh, the second one, there's a little bit of penetration. Um, still, if, if, if we don't give up the penetration, the ball probably clears. But, again, he hit those two that were, were, that were tipped uh, probably a little bit in the middle of the ball as opposed to staying under it. When he hit the 52-yarder, um, he absolutely stroked it. He didn't try to overkick it, and I think the first two, based on you know sitting down with Nate looking at it, that he just tried to crush the ball instead of just going up there and using a nice fluid stroke. Um, it's like a golf swing, you know, the, the, the more fluid you are, the better contact you make, the, the better the ball goes. And, and that's really what has to happen when he's kicking the football, you know, in his extra point. Same thing. He was nice and fluid. He stroked the ball um, and he got the ball clear. So that's something that, you know, we've talked to him about and uh, he knows and he'll continue to work on it.
1: Um, just just for uh, the sake of factual uh, significance here, he's still your kicker going forward. For now, okay.
2: I mean, you know, again, we're looking at – the thing everybody understands is kickers are hard to find. Consistent kickers are even harder to find. Guys that have had success in this league are on teams. Um, you know, there's not a there's not a 90% guy out there right now that you could just pick up and he's going to go out and do it. Um, and I've gone through this. Go back to my second, third year – or actually my first three years. It took us a little bit before we found Graham Grinnell. But once we found Graham, we had him where he had a five-year run that was about as good as anybody in the league. In fact, in 2017, he set the accuracy record. Um, so, so that's a work in progress. Is there anything else? You know, um, it's it's just part of unfortunately the 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 growing pains that we're going to go through as, you know, we're trying to reconstruct this, rebuild this, and put this into play. Hey, Ron, I know that the leg strength's not an issue. Obviously, with, with him, yeah. he he's got the leg. Plenty of leg. Um, but from a mechanic standpoint, is that something that you have the luxury to help him fix at this point of the season? You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I get what you're saying, but again, as I said, you know, you look out there and you say, okay, well, who else is out there? Yeah. You know, um, that's the hard part. Is this something we, yeah, we believe it can because when he went out and if you compare the way he struck the first one to the way he struck the 52 yarder, that was impressive. That ball went into the net, too.
1: Yeah.
2: And so you sit there, you know, like you said, the leg strength is there, the accuracy is there. The unfortunate thing is when he gets wound up and jacked up, he goes out there and he tries to crush the ball. And you see it when you break the tape down. His left foot gets a little bit beyond the ball. So as he's coming down into it, he's striking the ball right at just below the middle line of the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's driving it as opposed to getting the lift. So when you watch the one he hits at the 52-yarder, his foot is just, his toe is just at the ball, and he strokes it through it, and you see that foot down underneath the the, the midpoint, so you know he struck it well. So those are the things that mechanically he's got to continue to work on. And our
3: thanks to David Aldridge for asking those questions. That was about a three-minute answer, by the way. From Rivera, uh, in a, you know, when you mix in DA's questions and stuff. We also asked Ron, what is it that the coaching staff will be working on during the bye week? And believe me, he, ha- he said there is he literally has a list written down.
2: Well, I I, I, I look at um, I wrote a list down too where I put that list. I could write off that list, too, if you don't mind. But for the most part, what, what we're going to look at, obviously, are things that we feel we, we've got to improve at. We'll look at third down. We'll look at red zone. Mm-hmm. Work through those things and try and figure out, uh, you know, exactly what we need to do better, how we need to do it better, what can we do better more than anything else. Um, but um, on both sides of the ball and, and in special teams, there are things that we have to look at and determine if, uh, you know, we're doing the right things with the right people. And
3: that last part might be the uh, most telling. I would not be surprised if you saw some changes in the starting lineup uh, against Tampa. Not that I think it'll make much of a much of a difference. Finally, we asked Ron about October um, one and four during the month because we had the extra weekend in there, combined with a raid by the DEA a potential congressional investigation, an email scandal, and a discovery of attempted hush money payoffs to some of the women involved in the cheerleader story. So how would Ron describe that? Is it just a regular old October or something different?
2: Chaotic. Um, you know, and, and part of it, Darren, is, is, is trying to keep the guys focused on what's important as far as football is concerned. I mean, all those things that happen, all those things that are on the outside, they're important, um, but they're also interesting. And, and, and for us, you know, as a football team, we have to be able to focus on playing the game. We, 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 you know, we, we can't let those things get in the, in the way. We can't have those things as distractions. Um, Is it hard? Yeah, it is. But at the end of the day, you know, it really does come down to once we get to Sunday, it should be all about football.
3: Uh, That was Darren Haynes, by the way, of WUSA that asked him that question. All right. Bye week this week and get your popcorn ready week after. So week from Sunday, uh, FedEx Field, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in town. Be interesting to see how many people actually show up to watch that game. And even more interesting to see how many of them are actually wearing burgundy and gold. Take a break. When we come back, we're going to go from dysfunction to function as we take a look ahead at the Capitals' buddy night matchup down in Tampa. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. NFL fans, if you're hungry for a big win this week, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has got you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Now, if sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings isn't going to leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. So here's what you do download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use the promo code THPN bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game and win two hundred dollars in free bets if they win you win with the promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older New Jersey Indiana Pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit one dollar wager required one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Capitals dropping the puck in Tampa tonight against the Lightning. They need a win if they want to keep pace with the Carolina Hurricanes. The Metro is off to just a torrid start here. Caps right now are in second place, and I believe they are two points uh, behind uh, Carolina, who is undefeated through eight games this year. Carolina is 8 zero and zero the caps five oh and three carolina has 16 points the capitals 13 they are tied with the rangers for third place rangers also 13 points at six two and one tampa the lightning the two-time defending stanley cup champions are off to a little bit of a slow start but that was expected considering they lost about a quarter of their team from last year four three and one nine points that's good for fourth in the atlantic division Center Nick Dowd put on injured reserve earlier today, so he is going to be gone for a little while. Caps were calling Alexi Protus from Hershey of the American Hockey League to to, um, take his place. Protus is 20 years old, has four points so far, a goal and three assists in six games with the Bears uh we want to try to get Richard Blosser uh, on the line here the next couple of days he can give us a scouting report on Protus um we asked Peter Laviolette before it uh, after the pregame skate today why it was Protus that is on his way up he said they called down to Hershey they said we need a center and Protus was the name they said was ready to go
1: I was just talking uh with Scott Allen down in Hershey he's he's been one of their top forwards um you know, he's big, he's strong, he had a good camp. He was one of the guys that we were looking at as camp progressed. And, uh, you know, you got to cut it down to 23 at that point. And yeah. so you look for opportunities for these guys to come back up and show what they can do. Uh, he, he came because he was the name when we called down there. He was, um, you know, we talked about a couple different guys. We thought a centerman was important. He had been playing center. He does play a little bit on the wing, but mostly he's been playing center. Um, the fact that he, he does have a little bit of experience is good. Um But based on, you know, how he was playing down there, he got recalled.
3: With uh, Protus in the lineup tonight, again, assuming he's not a scratch, and I don't think he would be, I think that makes either four or five rookies uh, that are in the starting lineup. I'm saying that off the top of my head, so we'll go and, and we'll check and we'll confirm it a little bit later. But, you know, for a team that started out the year as one of the oldest, it's getting younger in a hurry. We also asked Lavi about the fact that it's been mostly Alex Ovechkin and Yevgeny Kuznetsov carrying the scoring here the first eight games, which is great. You want to see both of those guys involved, but at the same time you want some balance throughout the lineup.
1: Um, I'm sure that 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 will get off the mark. Um, Right now we're scoring a lot of goals, and so I'm not going to complain about, um, the offense I, I think that we're getting contributions offensively from all lines even though it may not show directly in, in their stats um, you know we're generating shots we're playing good defense um, we're generating scoring opportunities and I think that those guys will eventually collect points as well um, I, I don't I'm, I don't think that there's a panic on our side of you know if one of those guys on the top line doesn't score, where are we going to be able to score goals? I think those guys, I think that the, the lines underneath it are proven offensively, and they're playing well, and it's just a matter of time before they drop for them.
3: Face-off is 7 o'clock tonight in Tampa. You can watch it on NBC Sports Washington. And don't forget, head on over to YouTube after the game. We're going to drop a five takeaways for you so you can get our instant analysis after tonight's game. It's going to do it for us. We'll see you there a little bit later tonight. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike side, as always, you wear white.